The show must go on and go on it shall. New hour, new conversation, especially on a Monday at this time. It's hashtag health on Monday. For those joining us, welcome to SAFM Viewpoint. My name is Songa Zomabekze. And this segment, immediately after the 21 hours news, hashtag health on Monday. Time is 21.10 and the conversation is... Men are more reluctant to go to the doctor or clinic or hospital or other healthcare services, and I bet it certainly is true for men's clinic. I mean, nobody's trying to volunteer to go there. However necessary it may be, men's clinic international, that is. When does this become a problem? Then becomes the question. Mr. Nganyiso Maglala, clinical psychologist, is on the line to engage. Why are men hesitant to visit hospitals and have their health checked? That is the question this evening that is under discussion. Ganyiso, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Good evening and thank you for having me online today. Well, do you propose to have an answer or a response or a view <laughs> as to why people like me and you are not really trying to go to the doctor? And it's probably true because as I hear, just even in my circles, I don't have conversations about going to the doctor with the boys. But ladies, they will tell you, I'm going for my pap smear, I'm going to the gynae, going to have my breasts checked out. They will talk openly about engaging or visiting healthcare facilities, including, and mm. for the record, a psychologist is very much a healthcare mm. facility mm. just to go and engage questions of mental health. Conversation for another day. But why are boys not having this conversation as freely among themselves or going to healthcare facilities? What's standing in the way of these visits? Mm. You know, I wish I could, I can, I can offer, you know, um, a resp- an answer to that. Um, I do feel that many researchers have um, gone, have gone, go to a point where they have suggested a hypothesis, they suggest they have suggested issues that might be um, impacting health-seeking behaviors for men. But if you really lose respect, there isn't a conclusive answer of why men. Um, don't like going to the doctor, or why men don't like seeking help. Um, and you know, as I was preparing for this talk today, I perused um, two master's thesis, which were done by uh, students from the from the University of Natal in Durban. Also, there's a paper um, from a Nigerian author. All those papers looking at why do men struggle with seeking health behaviors, and as I said, a lot of theories um, behind that. Um, but what I want to talk about today, which obviously factors into this, is the issues of what I term, and I don't know if this is a, a you know a, a recognized term, but the issues of anti-vulnerability socialization. Um, and what do you mean by that? Culturally, we know that men are encouraged to be brave. Um, there is this notion in in society, and you know, in different cultures in South Africa, that men are strong and they are tough and they need to be aggressive. Um, and so what that then says is that men cannot express vulnerability. And if we're looking at self-seeking behaviors generally, what does that mean to seek help? Seeking help or seeking health um, means a part of you recognizes vulnerability. A part of you recognizes that there is something wrong with me, there's something that's not going well with me, therefore I need to seek help. Now, if you're looking at men and how majority of men have been and continue to be socialized, they are told you cannot be vulnerable as a man. You cannot be powerless as a man. 
Now, when men then, you know, start looking at health-seeking behavior that contradicts what they believe manhood is all about, um, what we see in families, men have been encouraging their children and their wives to go to the doctor, um, but when it comes to them, you know, I cannot go to a doctor because I am the head of the family. I am the strong person. If I go to a doctor, then I'm going to be perceived as being weak. I'm going to be perceived as being vulnerable. And how do I then deal with that vulnerability? If I go to the doctor or to the psychologist or whatever practitioner and I'm diagnosed with maybe, you know, a serious condition or a terminal condition, what does it mean? Does it mean that I'm now losing control over my body? Does it mean I'm losing, you know, control over, you know, um, my health? And how do I take back that control? How do I deal with the fact that I'm no longer in control of my health, of my body, of my emotions? So this is one aspect that, you know, has been researched thoroughly, you know, um, and a lot of people, a lot of writers and researchers have discussed this issue, that because of, you know, the, the way men are socialized, they struggle to accept vulnerability, and as I mentioned, seeking help or seeking health or health-seeking behaviors um, point to accepting one's own vulnerability. How do we move from this point that perhaps, as the research that you have perused might suggest, it comes initially from the position of accepting vulnerability I am not feeling well, therefore I need to see somebody else for help. In other words, the recognition that one's powers at that moment are limited and might be made full again or restored with the presence of somebody else or assistance of somebody else. How do we trigger that point of departure as one that doesn't reconcile as negative? but one that reconciles as positive. Mm. You know, I wish there was a, you know, a, a quick way, a quick fix to that. And I mean, if we had a quick fix, you know, we wouldn't have this problem, which, again, if you look in literature, uh, you know, health-seeking behaviors among men has been termed you know, a social issue, a social problem. Uh, but I think the long way, which I do feel in the long run might be a more effective way of dealing with this issue, is really deconstructing and breaking down the issue of hegemonic masculinity, which, you know, undoubtedly stems from how men are socialized. So, you know, people with social masculinity, um, you know, there's a belief um, that, you know, uh, men, you know, have to be strong. Obviously, men, you know, cannot be weak, men cannot be vulnerable. Um, and society reinforces that, you know, the way we interact with our, as parents, the way parents interact with their boys, um, the way partners, wives interact with their husbands and mothers interact with their sons, it continuously reinforced the notion that a man um, is invisible, a man is powerful, a man is not vulnerable, and a man is... Would it only be everything. limited, perhaps, to the cultural dynamics to which you make reference to? I'm asking to Namakuku Similani, MEC for mm. Health in KwaZulu-Natal, stated in an article recently that more mm. male nurses will need to be assigned to hospitals, stroke clinics, mm. to make men more comfortable getting mm. checked. Now, why, why should that be? I, I don't get the impression, certainly not as readily, that mm. women are more comfortable with women healthcare practitioners as they might be with men. 
unless I am wrong, and if I am wrong, certainly I'm happy to be um, corrected, but there certainly was never a, a, a deliberate target, as far as I can recall or know through what I know, that more women were required in the healthcare services so that more women can participate. Why mm. should, or, or, or what is therefore the design behind more men? I mean, I hear this, but what would the minister suggest is the reason now why suddenly more men will go? What difference would it make? You know, I think that's quite interesting because, you know, as I, as I said initially, when I went through those master's thesis and that paper, um, the thing that keeps on coming up with the male participants, what the people expressed was, or um, when I go to the clinic, you know, I struggle with speaking to a female uh, practitioner. Uh, for example, most of the papers were speaking about sexual health issues. When men go to the clinic or to the doctor or wherever, they struggle to um, be more comfortable with a female practitioner. So I think that is where um, the minister is coming from. I mean, I'm assuming that's where she's coming from uh, because it's been documented in literature so much. Um, I'm not, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to comment on, you know, if women feel more comfortable with other women practitioners or other male practitioners, but I think there has been a documentation in the literature that most men, the majority of men, prefer to be seen by another male uh, when it comes to issues of, you know, health, especially sexual health issues. Um, if you're looking at your, um, you know, sexual functioning, if there has to be... Um, you know, intimate examinations, they prefer for those things to be done by a male practitioner. Um, so I think what the minister is doing is, you know, is reacting, to, reacting to research. And I think this might be one of the things that's going to increase or uh, motivate um, men to, to seek help more because maybe they'll have people that they identify with, people that they believe would be more understanding of their condition. Let's take calls if there are any on this conversation. Are you a man that is reluctant to use healthcare facilities? Or are you one who's procrastinating for whatever the reason, although comfortable enough to at least get the idea that you could be at a healthcare facility? I'd be more than willing to take your calls. 86 The name is Songazoma Bekwe here on The Viewpoint in conversation with Ms. Denganye Somatlala, clinical psychologist. 2120, another 10 minutes to go. So um, let's talk about typically, 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 when a man has to go for examination of his prostate, it can be quite invasive, mm. an exercise, just as it is invasive for a woman to go to a gynecologist. Mm. Is, is that not, not necessarily, I mean, there are many things that can be examined on a man and many procedures and ways, but that, mm. for instance, has probably been the reason why I have not gone to have a basic health check, including but not limited to a prostate examination, only because the idea of how I will be examined physically is just too much for me to even imagine. Therefore, I don't bother myself. Think about that. I'm hoping with that very honest and brutal question and experience and even thinking on my part, it will encourage my brothers to participate in the conversation, especially that much more. After the break, we will have Ganyiso's response. 2124, the conversation continues. A couple of messages coming through in response to this conversation. Morgan, first one out, saying, Hello, I agree, because the way you are treated by female health workers may make him reluctant to go back. 
That's a conversation about why men generally are reluctant to access healthcare facilities. Another one, specifically Cat in Peter Maritzburg, Song as or so, I believe exactly what your guest says. Men are wrongly so made to not cry from childhood, which then spills over to adulthood, not wanting to seem weak. They then go into denial rather than admit to themselves that they are not well. So perhaps we can talk about the psychology of it all. Forget for a moment even Ganyis Omadlala, clinical psychologist, the cultural infusion that you have sort of laid out as part of the basis of why men don't seek engagement. Is there a psychology associated with that in relation to the South African society that has a male that that is very male dominated or certainly looks or tries to be male dominated that somewhat becomes even an unconscious facility that prohibits the men's behavior from accessing if you will healthcare facilities you know what the thing is when you look at psychology it's not an independent kind of uh, thing um, so a person's psychology obviously stems from, you know, what we've been taught. It stems from your socialization, it stems from your culture and your religion. So we don't develop psychology something that's very independent and separate and disconnected from the way we were raised, but it becomes an extension of, um, you know, how we were raised. So the way your parents raised you, the way you were socialized in terms of, you know, your culture and your religion, that shapes your psychology, it shapes how you look at things around you, it shapes it how you relate with things and engage with people around you. So with this issue of men and, you know, this aversion to seeking health behaviors, um, eventually it might become a psychological issue, it might become the psychological fear of, you know, how am I going to be perceived as a man if, you know, I go through this procedure or if I admit that I'm vulnerable. But that is not in isolation, it comes from how the individual are socialized. It is embedded in how the individual was raised up and told how a man should behave. So psychology is not a standalone kind of issue here. It is embedded in exactly how men were and continue to be socialized and raised. I understand we have one voice note. I propose to play it now as we look to wrap up this conversation. Men are more reluctant to go to the doctor, clinic, hospital, or otherwise healthcare facility. When does this become a problem? That's the answer on the other side of this very short voice note. We're going to look to engage with Ngani Somatlal. Good evening, Songazo. This is Sam Gosinjoy here in KZ10. And uh, let me talk uh, or touch on based uh, the main issues. Men, they don't want to go to the health facilities. They don't want to know their status. Even they do, even to do a family planning as well so uh, this is a huge problem we are facing you know and the men they discovered late when they sick they don't want to go in the hospital or clinic or the doctor when they still everything it's okay and know their status and what is um, they have to do and look themselves until late so there's a problem that we need to talk about these things as a man like we discussed like politics and football and so forth and thank you so much Songhez. fantastic voice note perhaps how do we make men going to healthcare checks i wouldn't use the word fashionable because it almost mm. take us down the wrong path but normal acceptable mm. encouraged 
as a way of life and as normal a conversation as football and politics are? How do we change as a society to that point? In other words, where is the problem and how do we migrate from it? Final question. Oh, is it the reference for me? Yes, yes, please. Sorry, Nganyiso. Yes, too. All right. Um, I like the, 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 the term you used. How do we make this normal? Um, because this is where we need to get to. For a very long time, you know, men and health and men and mental health, they've become, they have been foreign issues that no one was you know, engaging with, no one was showing interest in engaging with those things. Um, but, you know, I think it's about time that we have conversation. I think the more we have conversations, the more we open platforms for men to talk about these issues. For example, the role you're playing as a radio station, opening, opening up platforms and discussing these issues and saying to men, this is normal to be vulnerable. This is normal to be sick. It is normal, you know, to, to be afraid and to be fearful about your health. And I think the more we do that in society, the more... We normalize vulnerability for men in society. The more that the more men will, um, you know, uh, start thinking that you know this is good for me. You know, going to the doctor is good for me. It doesn't mean that I'm less of a man. It doesn't mean that I'm weaker than an individual. But I'm only human because at the, at the end of the day, men are only human as well. So I think the more we talk about the issues and try to normalize them, um, the more people are going to be responsive when it comes to their health and to their mental health. Certainly. Do appreciate your thoughts. Thank you so much then for those very kind and inspirational words with the hope that it will land with one or two who then in their own conversation spaces and respective times might make it land with four or six more and so the conversation then will grow. For now, thanks for your time. Clinical psychologist, Mr. Nganyiso Matlala.